0: Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This episode contains one of my favourite pieces, so you'd better enjoy it. It's just over a year since this incarnation of Cacophony was born, partly as a way to help people through lockdown and the pandemic. I started last year with music by Bella Bartok one of my favorite composers and certainly one of the most underrated and I'm a bit surprised to find there hasn't been any more Bartok in cacophony since then but then there's so much great music out there cacophony can run for a very long time indeed if you want it to so we're making up for the lack of bartok with his very last piece the third piano concerto bartok wrote his first piano concerto to show off his own skills as pianist and composer it's tough angular, abrasive. Now I think this is really good, but Bartok found out that it's not what most people think of as a fun listen. In his second concerto, he made a little move towards writing something more accessible, and didn't really manage it. Instead, writing something even more fiendishly difficult to play. It's one of the hardest piano concertos, what the famous pianist and Bartók exponent Andra Schiff calls finger-breaking. In 1940, with war underway, Bartók and his wife Ditta left Hungary, catching one of the last passenger boats from Europe to America, having finally decided that it was impossible for them to remain in Hungary, which was allied with Nazi Germany. Back in 1939, he'd written to his friend in London, fellow Hungarian composer Sandor Veresh, and he wrote of his inner conflict and set out the options. If somebody stays who could leave, people might say that he agrees tacitly with everything happening here, and one couldn't even deny this, because that would only cause trouble. On the other hand, One could also say that into whatever tangle the country gets, everyone should remain and try to help as he can. Paul Hindemith, that's another composer, tried this in Germany for five years, but then it seems he lost confidence. I have no confidence at all. Bartok didn't think anywhere would be worthwhile going to if one was expected to do more than just vegetate. But go they eventually did, and they settled in New York and the next five years of Bartók's life, and his last, were not happy. He found it hard to get his pieces played, and concert performances, both for him and Ditta, who was also a concert pianist, dried up when the USA entered the war. Bartók was homesick and unhappy. His friend, Chandor Veresh, the recipient of that letter, says, it's needless to ask whether he was happy in America, because he was certainly not. Can one imagine a man like Bartók, Who once said about himself that the happiest days of his life were those he spent in villages amongst peasants who lived in and with nature who had a herbarium gathered insects and minerals watched forests fields and waters listened to the sounds of nature who whenever there was a chance went to switzerland to climb mountains can you imagine him being shut up in a flat in a new york skyscraper in a noisy midtown street Finally, in 1943, things musically started to look up, but at the same time, Bartók's health started to deteriorate. He was suffering from what was eventually diagnosed as leukaemia. In 1945, in a final flourish, Bartók was writing two last masterpieces in a hurry, a concerto for viola and a third piano concerto. And it's a very different concerto to the first two, full of immediate warmth and lyricism where you have to listen really hard to find that in the first two. Bartok knew he wouldn't live to play the piece, and so he was writing it as a gift for his wife, both a birthday present and something that she could play and that would be more likely to be taken up by other people, a piece that would earn some money after he was gone. But this in no way means that he was selling out. What he wrote is still pure Bartok. Bartok had spent a lot of time out in the country collecting folk music in villages. It's one of the reasons he was so loath to leave Hungary. And his own pieces are soaked in the sound of that music, its harmonies and rhythms. The first movement of this concerto is relaxed, genial. bombast you often hear in a typical piano concerto, which can often be more like piano versus orchestra. Here things are quite light and delicate and the musicians of the orchestra are playing with the piano rather than against it. Though it has high energy moments, it's uncomplicated and easygoing, song-like and playful. The concerto follows the normal fast-slow-fast pattern, and in the second movement, we really get to the heart of the matter. It's given the unusual title, Adagio Religioso, although that may have been added after his death. Either way, it sums up the spirit of the piece. Bartók takes as his model, a late string quartet movement by Beethoven, which he had called his Holy Song of Thanksgiving. It was a piece he'd written after recovering from illness both pieces are still, serene, kind of perfect. Here's the Beethoven. and now Bartok's homage. Bartok wasn't religious, but this has the air of a final note of gratitude, acceptance. So simple, so beautiful. In the middle, there's a shimmering episode of what's become known as night music. It's spectral, full of bird calls, some of them his own transcriptions of actual birdsong, and it's a few moments of magical fantasy. It sounds almost oriental in places, with hints of menace, and at the same time, still remains playful. The last movement is a romp. One evening in late September 1945, his friend Tibor Sarely visited the Manhattan apartment, finding Bartok propped up in bed, surrounded by manuscript paper and medicine bottles. He was very weak, very ill, and still full of musical ideas, with the two concertos to finish, and more works in the pipeline. The next day, he was transferred to hospital, where he died four days later. He was 64. He complained to one of the doctors that he was sorry to be leaving with his baggage still full. There were just 17 bars left to complete in the concerto, though Bartók's intentions were fully sketched out, so Tibor Sally finished it off. I think you'd never know that this movement was written by someone at death's door. It's full of life, exuberance, love and joy. It's terrific. I hope you like it. Actually, I think it's my favourite piano concerto of all, by anyone. I love it. So, click on the links in the show notes to have a listen to the music, and then please tell me what you think, by leaving a comment at cacophonyonline.com, or via Facebook or Twitter. Please subscribe to, rate and share the podcast. And if you really like what you're hearing, you can click on the link in the notes and buy me a coffee. I'd be very grateful. Please come back for more next time. Thanks for listening.